everybody. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday edition of our podcast. We are joined today by, I started to say a living legend, actually not just a living legend, but still a young legend. You think of a legend, you think of somebody that might be kind of getting on up there in years. She's still a young legend, but what she's done as a player and an assistant coach and a head coach is, dare I use the word, unprecedented. I really can't think of anything that would come on par with it. Three national championships at one school where almost no one thought you could have won one national championship and then moves to LSU. And look, people knew that she would turn that program around. I don't know if anyone thought she would win a national championship in her second year there. Maybe she did. Maybe she did. Uh, But to do it that quickly, uh, that's how you get statues built in your honor or erected in your honor, which is exactly what happened in Louisiana uh, recently. With that, uh, now forever memorialized in statute, Coach Kim Mulkey, how are you? Great. I'm good. I like that introduction. uh, made me feel good. Uh, I am getting older, but you're you're kind of like my grandson said. He said he calls me Yaya, and he says, you know, you're either young, or you're old, or you're older. And I said, well, which one am I? He goes, you're just old. <laughs> well, I'm not in that older category yet, but uh, I'm doing great. All right, I want you to go back just a couple of years. You are that image we have seen of a of a young Kim Mulkey flying around the basketball court, pigtails going everywhere. Did it ever dawn on you back then that one day there would be a statue of you at that school? Absolutely not. What I did envision and the reason I went to Louisiana Tech was to win championships. I knew the talent uh, that was on the team when I was being recruited, and I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, I signed at Louisiana Tech, Trey, when there were five returning starters. I came off the bench my first year at Louisiana Tech. That's how good we were. Uh, so to get a statue, uh, I could very easily name you probably three more players that I played with that are as worthy or if not more worthy of a statue than me. I just happened to be the one that – Probably because of my career as a coach and things like that, I was the one chosen. Uh, But it was good to be back in Ruston. I didn't get to spend much time there. It was there and back. But I'll go back with the family maybe this summer, and we'll walk around and look at the statues. Now, if I am right about this, they also put up a statue to Terry Bradshaw. So they saved some money on hair because there was no (laughs) no need for hair on his statue. And I bring up the issue of money. I'm going to get this story wrong, but but maybe not by much. You wanted to be the coach at La Tech, and they, I think, offered you three years, and all you wanted was four, and then they lost you. Well, you know, um, yes, it's in my book. So let me say this about Terry. They did have to spend some money on the statue and give him hair because it was back in his tech days when he did have hair. So he has hair on his statue and he's quite the character. And uh, I'm so impressed that he watches our games and he knew all my players and he talked about things. And I don't know why I was surprised at that because, you know, Terry Bradshaw was a great javelin thrower. People forget that. That guy holds like all these records in the javelin and he just happened to play football. Um, 
the story about Louisiana Tech. I played at Louisiana Tech for four years. I coached there for 15 years. Um, during that time, I had an opportunity to leave. I was um, offered three head coaching jobs, and being from Louisiana, I never wanted to leave the state, never wanted to leave Louisiana Tech, and so I turned those opportunities down. And when Leon retired, the then president offered me a three-year deal to become the head coach, and I told him, no, absolutely not. Our second assistant left the previous year for a five-year deal at Purdue, and that I had 15 years in the state retirement system and that I wanted a five-year contract for um, stability. I would be following in the footsteps of Leon Barmore, which is like following in the footsteps of Bear Bryant. And um, he would only go as high as a four-year contract. And ironically, your alma mater, Baylor, happened to be on the phone and called. I went and visited, and uh, needless to say, they gave me a five-year contract, and I spent 21 years there. And the rest, well, it's not history because you're still winning national championships, but uh, I, I look, you, you'll be more politically correct about this than I will be, but I don't think anybody really viewed Baylor as a women's basketball powerhouse or a candidate to win three national. I mean, I love Baylor, but I, I it wasn't like Old Dominion or La Tech or USC at the time you got there. Well, not Trey. You know it wasn't. Uh, when I got there, that program had won nine basketball games the previous year, and was the in you know bottom of the Big Twelve. And uh, I just rolled my sleeves up and basically left Louisiana Tech over principal. I thought I was worthy of a five-year contract. I'd proven myself. You watched me grow up from the time I was 18 years old. And when I got to Baylor, I kept thinking to myself, I know I can win just one more game. Surely I can schedule one more win, and that would be a positive. But we celebrated the little things at Baylor, from a winning season to upsetting people we weren't supposed to beat and Little did we know at the time that within five years, we'd win our first national championship there at, at Baylor and then win two more. Yeah, m- might have actually won another one, except for the worst officiating call I've ever seen in my life in the game against the University of Tennessee. But my therapist has told me to quit thinking about that. <laughs> so I'm going to. Now, when I go back to Baylor, where will I find the statue in your honor there after three national championships and like a uh, 100 Big 12 in a row championships? Where is your Baylor statue? I have not seen that. Now, you're setting me up. You know, you know good and well there's nothing on that campus, right. and I don't ever expect there to be anything. I want that program to continue to do good things. I wanted to um, represent all the previous players that I got to coach there and 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 continue to to do good things, uh, Trey. But I am honored to um, just be acknowledged. Uh, that's all any of us want to do when you finish coaching somewhere. Is just be acknowledged for a job well done and. Um, and I'm being acknowledged. Um, I, I think that Louisiana Tech knows how much I love that place. Every place I've been, I've loved. But I haven't been many places, Trey. I have not had to pack a suitcase much in my life. Well, you had. I know you had chances because every time there was an opening, like at, at University of Texas or, or or some school with like almost unlimited 
resources. I, I was afraid that they would come and lure you away from Baylor. And you had to have had multiple opportunities to leave. Let me let me if if you know me, people will quickly tell you she is loyal to a fault. Now, think about that loyalty this day and age. Everybody's going for the next big buck or the next big resource. I stayed at Louisiana Tech for 19 years as a player and as a coach. It took a principal reason, the five-year contract, for me to leave. And I go to Baylor, and I'm there for 21 years, and I'm thinking I'm going to retire there. My grandkids are still there. My daughter and son-in-law are there. Dear lifelong friends are there. And the opportunity at the time that it happened to come back to Louisiana was just tugging at my heart. And LSU program had won seven games or nine games the previous year as well. So what was the drawing card? Why did I leave Baylor? Uh, You know, someday I'll tell the real reason why I left Baylor, but it, it serves no purpose now. I love Baylor. I love the fans at Baylor. I love what we did at Baylor. My former players at Baylor, uh, the majority of them were at that national championship game this past year in the locker room with us. They know um, Coach Mulkey usually makes a decision based upon something where she puts a lot of thought into it. But I can tell you what it was not. It was not more money. I did not come to LSU because they gave me more money than Baylor. Baylor took care of me financially. It was just a feeling in my gut that said, you need to go help your state. And uh, I came back to LSU and goodness gracious, what we have done in two years is nuts. It is nuts. And I, and I, you were kind enough to leave uh, some tickets when you were in Greenville. So my wife and I got a front row seat to your national championship winning basketball team. But if I were to put you on a polygraph, I don't know if when that season started, last season started, I don't know if you would have said this is a national championship winning team. Fast forward a year. I think most people thought South Carolina would probably, I mean, they they ranked number one preseason, didn't lose a game until they ran into Iowa. Fast forward. Not only do you have a national championship winning roster coming back, I think it's the number one recruiting class in the country. And oh, by the way, some would argue the top two transfers in the country. You only won basketball and only five starting positions. How in the world are you going to manage that? Well, that's a good problem to have. I can tell you that. And I would agree wholeheartedly if you would have asked me a year ago, Who's the team to beat? South Carolina. My gosh, Boston, all Cardoza, all those talented players. And and I think anybody across the country would tell you that. But any coach will tell you, and this is Don included, the most talented teams don't always win championships. You have to stay away from injury. You got to have a little luck along the way. And um, we just happened to start playing really good. Uh, We didn't play good in the game you saw, Miami. That was awful. And um, yet we turn around and score 102 points in the national championship game. But we have been able to bring in transfers that have been impactful for us. 
Uh, and of course, the number one recruiting class last year, uh, those young ladies are so talented and have a lot of confidence. But, you know, we've got some returning ingredients, too. And uh, it's going to be a fun year for me to figure out who to play and who needs to be on the floor together. And um, it's going to make for some interesting practices. All right. I have to ask you this. I mean, people sometimes ask, you know, who do you pull for? You live in South Carolina. You went to law school there. You went to Baylor. Who do you pull for? And I always say I pull for University of South Carolina women's basketball team and wherever Kim Mulkey is. Those are the two teams. That, those are the two teams I pull for. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, Kim just won the national championship. We got beat by Iowa. We have this transfer. I think I can talk about her because she's already like she's no longer like on the market. She's already picked y'all. I'm thinking, okay, they got they got the guard from Louisville. We're going to get a visit from this player from DePaul, who is like the leading scorer in the nation. And and then she'll have to pick between LSU and South Carolina. And she's going to visit y'all, and then she's going to come to Columbia and visit South Carolina. And then I read, she's not even coming to South Carolina for a visit. You want her on the visit, and then she never went anywhere else. How how do you pull that off? Well, first of all, I don't. I, I would have to say I don't know if Don was recruiting her or not. You'd have to ask Don that. All I know is when they come here to visit, we hope they don't go anywhere else to visit. We hope that they love it so much here and they see how much women's athletics is uh, a big part of this community and a big part of our brand. And they realize, hey, why go anywhere else if you've got all this at LSU? Because I think there's just so much to sell at LSU right now. But we um, – Kids want to win, Trey, and um, half that locker room, when I address them Monday, our first day of practice, half in that locker room have national championship rings, but the other half does not. And that's the joy and the, the fun you get out of coaching is those that have that ring, are they still hungry? Because I know those that don't have that ring are sure coming in here fighting for playing time and want a ring. You're listening to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. More of my conversation with LSU head women's basketball coach Kim Mulkey is coming up. Now, you just put your finger on on this word complacency, how to guard against it. I don't think anyone in the world is going to worry about you ever becoming complacent. You're just as fired up about this season as you were before you ever won a national championship. But how do you with you know 18 19 20 year old athletes how do you say okay you've done it once but you gotta it may be even harder to do it the second time don't get complacent i think distraction is a good word too when you talk about complacency competitors never lose that competitive edge they just don't you can become distracted away from the floor I will be able to tell when we get them on that court for two, three, four hours, whatever it is when we start out, how focused they are. I know they'll be out of shape. I don't expect them to be in shape. But if their focus is not on basketball, you'll quickly be able to tell. I feel like in my individual meetings with each of them since school started, the NIL and all the things they have to do now, especially in the summer, they've done them. And I think these kids are ready. They're like, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back, coach. I'm ready to play some basketball. Because they remember how it felt to cut those nets down. And there's no greater feeling in college athletics than to cut a national championship net down. 
All right, there are two things I really, really want to ask you about, and then I'm going to let you go back to building like another number one ranked recruiting class or whatever, whatever you got, whatever next challenge lies before you off season, off season at a major college or university for a major coach. Is there an off season and, and what are you able to do during that off season? I may be a little different or maybe a lot different than than most coaches. I remembered my summers as a player. My summers were spent playing USA basketball and traveling all over. Now the rules are such that you can have so many weeks of team workouts during the summer. Trey, I don't do that. Our season is so long. We start in like September and October, and if you go to the Final Four, you're not done until April. We need breaks from each other. We have kids that will be playing and did play with USA Basketball stuff this summer. We had some kids that did want to stay on campus and go to school and work out and do individual workouts. I leave it up to each of them because I don't want to burn them out. Now, I know a lot of teams do it different. To each is on, but it has worked for me, and it's kept us away from injury. And uh, But we're here if they want to be here to do individual stuff. But I don't require them to come to summer school. I don't require them to have team workouts with us. Uh, my summers are for my family, and I will never apologize uh, for that because it rejuvenates me. It re-energizes me so that when I start, I still got that spirit and that fire in my belly, and I'm not worn out. All right. I said I only had one more question, but I, I thought of one more. So forgive me. Playing for Kim Mulkey as a point guard. When I, I mean, I guess Odyssey Sims may have been my favorite point guard that you had throughout the course of your career. I know you don't have a favorite, but it, it, are you tougher on those that played the position you played in college? Or do you make a conscious effort to say, Look, I, I I know this position really really well, but I'm not I'm not going to be any tougher on you than I am my number four or number five. Well, I wouldn't use the word tougher. I think the position itself is probably harder to learn than other positions because they're responsible for everything that takes place on that floor. They're responsible for the defensive calls. They got to know where the first pass has to be made. They got to know where the other four people on that floor are supposed to be in order to run a play. So their responsibilities are much greater than the other four positions. But they're your coach out there. They're your quarterback out there. So um, I, I love to tell them this. You're going to receive a lot of the criticism that really isn't fair, but you're, you're also going to get a lot of the uh, praise uh, because the ball's in your hand 90% of the time. And um, who doesn't want to be a point guard? Now you see it across all of basketball. 6'9", six, 6'10", six, guys want to play on the perimeter. They don't want to be inside anymore. Um so I wouldn't say it's tougher. I think just the position itself has more responsibilities. All right. You have had competition in your blood uh, for all of your life. You have a child that plays professional baseball. You played shortstop at LSU. You have a child that was a, not only a really good basketball player at Baylor, but also played softball at Baylor. Are there sports you play now like pickleball or do you race your son-in-law who may have been the fastest player at Baylor 
when he was there. What do you do for your competitive spirit now? Well, as we age, we can't do some of the physical things we used to could do. So now I walk. Uh, I'll walk on the treadmill in the winter, and if it's pleasant outside, I'll walk outside. I'll do some um, very little weightlifting just to kind of keep your arms uh, toned and, um, you know, just smart. I, none of us as we age can go do what we could when we were younger. Uh, my my deal is just to stay healthy, and uh, it's no secret. I had two stints put in unexpectedly this summer. I had blood in the retina. I had that fixed in my eye, so I'm I'm ready to go. And um, I encourage everybody over the age of fifty to go get a stress test because I don't look like a heart patient, but I found it by accident, and the rest is history. And uh, I'm going to talk about it openly uh, because um, I sure as heck didn't know I had a 90%, 99% blockage in one of my arteries. No, you you do not look like the, the typical person that you hear that about. Of course, so much of it is genetic now and it's outside. The, you know, it's, it's not diet. It's not lack of exercise. So kudos to you for doing it. it sounds like uh, the SEC is going to get uh, maybe an even healthier version of Kim Mulkey in the coming season. Um, I can't wait to watch your team. And as, and as you say, just because you are the most highly rated or the most talented, you still got to blend it all together. It's going to be fascinating to watch how you do that. So The excitement will be in the air. Uh, season ticket sales are off the charts. We're just about to sell out the arena. And last discussion I had was they're trying to decide how many they hold back and they don't sell for walk-ups. So that's exciting. And um, it's just, it's hopping down here. And uh, if you know anything about the culture in South Louisiana, Trey, uh, we love sports, we love to eat, we love to drink, and we love to be happy. And uh, it's happy times around here right now. Well, I know you won the national championship in women's basketball. You won the national championship in baseball. And I am sure you're – a uh, football coach uh, is is feeling uh, an, an an ample amount an ample amount of pressure to match all of that. Well, Coach Kelly didn't come here not to win championships. Uh, he left a tremendous program as I did uh, for a reason, and uh, he's probably in the last third of his coaching career, like I am, and he felt his chances uh, were greater here to win a national championship. I'm sure, and that's what he came here to do. And so, I don't know about pressure. You don't you don't come to LSU without understanding the pressures that that go with signing that contract. Well, what you've done there, if I went back and looked at the look at the one loss records before you got there, and like I said, Coach, I think everyone knew that you would do it, just did not realize that you would. And, and I'm not talking about like winning the national championship. The record your first year was so much better than it had been. So congratulations to you. They say Alexander the Great wept, for there were no more nations to conquer. But it sounds to me like you have not lost your appetite for success. People better be on anyone who thinks that she's complacent having won yet another national championship. But it doesn't sound like it to me. <laughs> Trey, um, when you lose your fire, it's time to retire. 
I like to tell people I hope that I'm a wiser coach at 61 than I was at 40 or that I was at 34. But my energy, my enthusiasm will never, ever go away. And when it does, and I'm not putting a product on that floor that's competitive or I'm not able to give what I know uh, needs to be given, that's when you retire. And right now, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, anyone who watches you on the sidelines knows that you have not lost the fire. I will say this. There was a time or two in the past when you were gently laying your jacket down and wound up getting a technical <laughs> wound up getting a technical foul. But now your jackets look like they're so expensive. Who wants to throw them? It's like you're throwing a two thousand dollar jacket. Who wants to do that? So well, uh, those jackets those jackets are given to me by uh, graduates of LSU who are in the fashion industry. Um, and I'm so appreciative. Uh, it gives them some recognition. Uh, it brings um, attention to our program. And, um, yeah, down here it's sequins, it's feathers, it's all the, the, the brightness. And, uh, you know, I'm back home, so I kind of go with the flow. And when you win, you can wear whatever you want to wear. Kim Mulkey, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you so much for loaning us some of your time, and we will be watching you and your team as we always do. Trey, thank you, buddy. Yes, ma'am. You take care. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 